Hello, friends. Rachel Rinky from The Law Talk. Today, we are diving into how to audit your contracts quickly. I want to touch on a few key points of things that you need to have in your contracts, whether you bought them from The Law Talk, be there but just double check to make sure you didn't take it out or if you got it from another contract vendor then you especially want to listen to this audit and you especially 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 want to listen to this audit if you wrote them yourself or you are someone that isn't using contracts right now I'm a little late hopping on to do this because I ended up on a phone call with a client who basically made my entire case. I can't share the details yet, but basically made my entire case for why we need to have certain things in our contracts. So today I'm going to be focusing primarily on the main booking services contract. Most people, when they say, hey, I need a contract, that's what they're referring to. There's actually an entire timeline of different types of contracts that you need in your business. After watching this, go check it from last week. It was a live that I did. I walked through the timeline from very beginning of inquiry with client, booking, delivering of products, and beyond. And walked through the names of those documents, what they should be in there, how they work, and how they help you being able to prevent issues in your business because you never have an issue until you have an issue and you really want to make sure that you are so able to focus on photography. And because let's be real, running a business is difficult. I love it. Many of you may love it too. If you don't love it, then you especially want to avoid issues because it's just one more thing that can take away from you time, money, and energy. I am all about prevention here at The Law Talk, which is why we have contract template forms, we have education, we're doing these videos, and just trying to get this information out to everyone. So let's just jump right into this. When we're looking at a main services contract or a quote unquote photography contract, as everyone just refers to it, this is the document that is gonna get you in a legal relationship with your clients assuming it's your client. And most often it's the people that are going to be in the photos as well. There are exceptions where you can have non, non models, non people in your photos who end up being the client. Maybe it's a situation where there's a wedding and a parent wants to gift it, etc. But for the most part, this main services contract is going to set the legal relationship. It's going to set expectations, which is so important. I mean, just, just dive into the Law Talk group on Facebook at any time and you'll see posts of people posting you guys posting about clients and, and i love that you're there for help but we routinely see this one thing well there's many but this one thing oh my client is asking for more photos they're asking for this they're asking for that and these are things that all could have been resolved in the contract so we want to make sure that we are centering and setting expectations and legally protecting ourselves with that main services contract so one of the very first things we need to look for is to ensure that we have some sort of consideration Many of you don't even think about this because the typical situation, if you are coming to the Law Talk, is that you are a professional photographer who is selling products and services in exchange for money. That is consideration that's required in a contract. But I want to throw this out here in case you're someone that's do, like gifting a wedding or doing an exchange or a trade, you want to make sure you clearly outline that there is an exchange, and the term is consideration.
consideration. It can be money. It could be that you're going to make like with a model, maybe you do a style shoot, you're going to give the model photographs to use in their portfolio, and they're going to model in exchange for you to be able to have those photographs to use in your own portfolio. That would be an example of consideration. But payment is probably the most common one and the one that we care about the most here because we are in business because we love photography, but we are in business to make money. Money is freedom and not just financially, but it can allow you to have so many other opportunities in life. Financial freedom is the goal oftentimes in business, even if it's not primary. And so how are we going to do that? By making sure that we're going to get paid. So consideration. And then if you are someone that allows for like a payment plan type structure or installment plan type structure, especially for weddings, if it is someone that is going to pay an initial amount of money and then you're going to portion it out the remainder of the payments, we need to have in there how much, when they're going to be, and what are the consequences if that client doesn't pay. If they miss a payment, they fail to fulfill the rest of their contract. This. By the way, don't just go and slap any number into a blank of a late fee. These are heavily regulated by state. So you want to make sure that you double check for your state to ensure that you are right on the money. As you can see, and I should have given my disclaimer at the very beginning, but I was just excited to jump in. Um, I am an attorney, but I'm not your attorney. This is general information. Just like I just referred for you guys to go to check your local state. I'm giving you general info. You still need to do a little bit additional research or pop into the Law Talk group and we can try to help you out by finding it there. So consideration is typically going to be money. We want to make sure that we get paid. Um, we want to make sure if we do installment plans or payment plans, when we're going to get paid, how we're going to pay, get paid, and what is that late fee amount. Now here's something that's so, what I love about contracts. You're going to see me getting excited, right? Contracts just set the bar of what you are legally required to do or can do. It doesn't mean that you can't go above and beyond that. In fact, I even view contracts as, as uh, customer service tools because take for example, like this late fee. You can't just arbitrarily assess a late fee on a payment if it wasn't agreed to in the initial contract. But what can you do? If maybe there's an extenuating circumstance or you just simply don't wanna charge it, you don't have to. You're not bound to have to charging it. Which brings me to something incredibly important. Incredibly, incredibly important. And this is one of the ones of the reasons I wanted to do this live is if you've written the contract yourself or you bought it from a non-lawyer vendor or maybe you just even had a lawyer drafted that's not really that great of a lawyer, you want to make sure so long as it suits with your state law that you have some language in there that allows for you to provide customer service. It's typically gonna be waiver language, W-A-I-V-E-R, waiver. You want to be able, in this situation, let's say that Cindy is, her wedding is coming up, but then pandemic happened, and she's not making her payment, or her father got sick, and you wanna be able to waive the late fee. You wanna waive the breach of her not making her payment. You can do that and still keep the rest of the contract intact if you have this waiver language. We included it in all of the, the LawTog um, services contracts, main contracts, but make sure that you have that in there. So important when it comes to monies. One thing that I did skip over that is relevant to everyone, because you're gonna take money, all right? You're gonna take money at some point, and I would always recommend, always recommend, I have yet to run into a situation, well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> we don't wanna use, use, use extreme like ultimatums here. Typically, 
and I strongly recommend this. You don't ever put a client on the calendar and turn away business unless you have contract signed and at least initial or not full payment received. And you also, my recommendation, is to always provide the contract terms before you take any payment. But what we're wanting to look for here too is making sure that you have operative language in your contract that says that this contract is not gonna be valid unless X amount is paid, right? Uh, now, if you dig into the basics of contract law, we could dispute it, we could fight it all because lack of consideration, there was no exchange, but something to look for and also to kind of give your clients a little push and let them know, hey, I'm not your photographer until you've paid me, okay? So we just ran over some really quick stuff. A quick recap on that. P payments, initial payments and payment plans, late payment fees, gotta have it in there if you wanna be able to assess it, can't arbitrarily do it after the fact, has to fit state law. You wanna have to have some sort of compensation or considerations, typically monetary compensation in there. We want to make sure we have waiver language that allows for us to waive breaches of the contract or waive obligations of the contract without waiving the entire thing. We want the rest to stay intact and continue our relationship with our clients. Now here is a big one. And actually, before I dig into this, I can tell if it's been if a contract's been self-drafted. I can tell if it's been cobbled together on, on the internet. I don't even have to read the entire thing. I will skim it and look for the legal miscellany section. Waiver's language, like I just mentioned, is one of those that is extremely important to have. But there's a couple other things you want to make sure that you have in there. And before I give you the quick bullet point list of it, I'm looking at you. If you are using a DIY contract, if you are not using one at all, this right here will hopefully convince you, okay? In the United States, you see it on TV all the time. There's this idea that if you end up in court and you win, whether you brought it or your client brought it against you, you get your attorney's fees paid. That's not the way it works, all right? The losing party doesn't just automatically pay your attorney's fees. And what does this mean? Well, how can I get them paid for, especially if the client brings you into court? Two main ways. One, if there's some sort of violation of statute or law, may prescribe attorney's fees. However, most common problems that I see photographers have outside of copyright infringement in any sort of services-based business is going to be breach of contract. So how do you do that? You wanna make sure that you have be able to hedge your bets against crazy clients, because they're out there, that if you prevail, and hopefully you'll prevail, because hopefully you've done everything right, like you should, that you don't have to worry about not being able to pay that attorney. You don't have to worry about that monetary heaviness. Quick aside on that too, I would also look at having insurance that allows to pay for attorney's fees if you end up in a situation. But these, what I'm talking about here, what I'm recommending of having like this attorney's fees language in your contract is so that you can feel comforted. You have that safeguard if you need to pursue your client under that contract. I hear it so many times, in fact, I'd be a rich woman on a beach somewhere if I got paid every single time I hear this from photographers or just any small business owners really. And I, and I, I truly believe that it's said well-intentioned. Well, I would never pursue my client, okay? But what about when your client pursues you? You still have to show up to court. You still have to show up and pay the monies to defend yourself in that case. And the other side of it is you just don't know when you're gonna wanna pursue or need to pursue a client and 
you want to be able to be prepared to have attorney's fees paid for if you prevail. So let's look at having that in there. It's gonna depend on what state you're in, whether or not it can be one-sided, saying only you, the photographer, um, if you prevail, get paid, or many states, and you can choose to do this as well, so long as it fits with your state law, that allows for like a mutual one, just a prevailing party. Whoever prevails get their, gets their attorney's fees paid for, all right? So make sure that we have that. The next thing we wanna look at is, oh, well, before I, before I move on from that, the phone call that I had before I jumped on here was something very similar. And it's one of the things that I'm automatically gonna look for when I review the contract in full is because we, I end up having conversations, heartbreaking conversations with so many photographers who decide they want to pursue client, they need to, find, they need to financially pursue the client because they need to get paid on a really big job, but then they don't necessarily have that safeguard of attorney's fees. So there's a really good chance they spend all that money and you barely get a return. And I have to have hard conversations with photographers or business owners all the time. And many times you don't get to pursue what you're legally rightfully entitled to simply because it's a question mark. You just don't know what will happen in court and you have to look at the cost benefit analysis, the amount being paid out versus the risk of not getting it back at all. All right, so attorney's fees. Another thing to look for, really extremely important, especially if you are a traveler destination photographer, if you are someone that lives in like a tri-state area like I do, we've got Virginia, Maryland, DC, Pennsylvania, all kind of together, you want to control your time, effort, and energy in your business. And this is one of the ways that you can do it with a contract. You wanna set up in the contract and have your client agree to from the very beginning, if there's a dispute, how is it gonna be resolved and where is it gonna be resolved? That is so incredibly important, so incredibly important because if you don't have any of that language, it ends up defaulting into a civil procedure which could end up being on the other side of the US from you. Um, it, you want to have it convenient for you Hopefully you already have a relationship with a good local attorney, so you won't be scrambling to find one if you have a legal issue. But you want to be able to, for time, money, and energy, just come on, friends, let's just preempt it, put it in the agreement, and have everyone agree to where we're going to resolve and also how we're going to resolve it. If it's absent any sort of dispute resolution, here's another one, hope you guys are writing. If it's absent any dispute resolution language, you guys could do any, any of the dispute options. You could jump straight to court, you could go do mediation, you could do any of that. Many times, many small business owners want to help to control it. And this is really going to depend on where you live and how your small claims courts work. And I use the air quotes, the little bunny ears, because that term is thrown around so much. And the, the, the things that I hear people say, such as, oh, you don't, you don't have to have an attorney to go to small claims. Well, in Virginia, one of the states I'm licensed in, if you're an LLC and the amount of disputes over 2,500, even though it's in what would be, be our version of small claims, you're still legally bound to have an attorney represent you in that case. So ju just understand that, again, we're trying to hedge our bets of where, how, and all of this, we're gonna put it in the contract. And so quick recap on that. We wanna make sure we have attorney's fees. We wanna make sure that we are identifying where we're gonna resolve an issue and also dispute resolution of how we're gonna resolve it. Some people want to simply put in there, you'll do arbitration only. 
other people are just right let's just go to court because i know like here in virginia oftentimes i tell my clients let's not worry about arbitration let's because we can under the type of services and this is why it's so important to have a contract um written by a lawyer have a lawyer talk about your business with you um sometimes it's going to be more cost effective and just time and life effective to choose one dispute resolution option over the other okay that's all going to be specific based on your state and your business and what you want and how you want to do this and i know that there's so many of you that are watching this and you're thinking well i've never had a problem i'm not worried about it okay i hear it all the time i get pms and and it, it, i know it's so well intentioned of love your stuff never had a problem so i'm not going to worry about contracts they inevitably end up coming back around and i hate having had the hard conversations of sometimes this is a really expensive lesson in fact i hear that so much I actually hear that a lot from photographers, and we're not going to go into copyright today. Um, well, I guess I could address a little bit of that as something to include in your main services photography contract. But I hear a lot because photographers, when we're selling licensing for the most part, but we're selling photography, we're selling intellectual property. So we should be on the up and up when it comes to copyright. And I hear it all the time because it's when it gets infringed, not if, is it's a really hard lesson. I wish I had had a license in writing, or I wish I had had that registered, or I wish I had known all of this. Friends, I've been doing this for like 11, 12 years. There's no reason to not know it, okay? So I say that with love, but another thing that I can throw at you before I'm gonna let you go is that we want to, we don't necessarily have to, but I think sometimes it's good if you are including within your contract your main photography services contract with your client and you're retaining the copyright you're retaining the ownership of the photographs you don't have to put it in there in order to be able to retain it if you just have stick in there like your print release that's just a license um, to your client that should be sufficient but you know what you can take all ambiguities off the table and include that in there if you want to um, I know that's especially important when you are working with other vendors um, when you are distributing photographs and even you're getting like features on blogs and that sort of stuff in writing in writing in writing you want to make sure that if it's something valuable to you and you want to retain ownership and you're not being compensated as such for that let's have it clearly spelled out um, and, and keeping in mind the majority of time in personal portraiture it's really what I'm referring to here not commercial photography the majority of the time clients don't need all the rights in their mind all the rights are so that they can print on a shirt their face for dear aunt sally in seattle they're not wanting all the rights that you get as the copyright holder of the intellectual property in this case can be photo or video um, so just just consider that when you are auditing and looking at your contract of um, your licensing ownership status of the works etc now there is a whole host of other type of uh, clauses and stuff that you can put into your services-based contract they're gonna be specific based on your business they're gonna be based on the type of photography you do I'm gonna do a part two and kind of break those down I wanted to really target it on the ones where I'm seeing that directly impact the financial livelihood of photographers and and just showed you how we can prevent issues we want to get paid they want to have recourse if we're not getting paid and then we want to be able to control and allow customer service 
or we want to be able to control if and when a problem happens because I don't care if you've been in business 20 years, you've never used contracts, and you've never had a problem, it's going to happen. And it's really hard, especially for me, to have empathy and understanding when you know this, you know you need this. And, and honestly, I'm gonna get on a little soapbox here. I see, I watch in groups, I hang out because I wanna know what the big pressure points for you guys are. I see so many people that are willing to drop $3,000 on a lens, but they're not even willing to invest a couple hundred bucks in their contracts and in the protection of their business. And it, it, it just, it makes it very difficult when a problem happens and have to deliver the news of, it's not worth pursuing, or no, you just need to settle, or whatever unfavorable recommendation is made. And so I say all that say with love, please make sure that you run back through this. You go through your main services contract that we've hit all of these points. Stay tuned in the future. Like I said, I'm going to dig into some other um, provisions that we need to have in there. This is not be all and end all. This is just a good, quick audit from a very preventive basis for when an issue arises and also how we can help to prevent an issue. So, until next time, I'm Rachel Branke, The Law Tog, and feel free to reach out and make requests of any topics you want to see in the future. Uh, we are trying to do this on a weekly basis, and I could add on more time to do it if there's more information that you guys want to know. But until then, happy shooting. Enjoy business because it is one of the wonderful things that we get to have, and I look forward to seeing you guys on the interwebs. How do I end this?